listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Insulate, makers of Omnipod, are committed to simplifying the lives of people with insulin-dependent diabetes. Omnipod 5 Automated Insulin Delivery System Aid is indicated for people with type 1 diabetes ages 2 years and older. Omnipod 5 is the first and only tubeless aid system in the United States that is exclusively available in the pharmacy. The Omnipod 5 combines a tubeless, waterproof, wearable pod that integrates with Dexcom G6 CGM to automatically adjust insulin based on glucose trends every 5 minutes. For more information on this innovative technology, visit Omnipod.com. Disclaimers, the pod has an IP28 rating for up to 25 feet for 60 minutes. The Omnipod 5 controller is not waterproof. The Dexcom G6 is sold separately and requires a separate prescription. Visit Omnipod.com safety for additional important safety information. You know, I get an opportunity to talk with pharmacists throughout the country that are literally changing the way that pharmacy interacts with patients. Um, We have this whole home care services initiative. We have um, Happier at Home, which is one of our uh, favorite uh, clients that work with us to develop podcasting content that's very educational to community pharmacies that want to extend their services and want to build um, home care services that integrate into medication management. And there's still a firewall between those two. It's not exactly mixed together, but think about other services and technologies that as community pharmacists, as consultant pharmacists, as long-term care pharmacies start to extend services out of that brick and mortar strip packaging it you know system that's wonderful but long-term care pharmacies will now extend their services out to the community to start taking care of these homes you see what's happening here so the technology to drive some of this uh remote patient monitoring technology as well as a pharmacist that understands what does that mean is there a difference in the way that we are counseling and coaching patients uh through a remote connection through the use of uh, digital and podcasts, uh, call me up, I know a guy, Um, anything that we can connect into, not only the patient, obviously, primarily, but their caregiver team units where you're coaching people, you're connecting with people, you're sending text messages to a daughter that's taking care of her mother. Hey, hey, this this indicator came on that your mom didn't take her 9 a.m. dose Um, You have to kind of, someone needs to call her, or maybe there's someone internally that calls. Regardless, I look for champions that are innovating pharmacy. And one of those champions is Dr. Thea Blystone, um, PharmD. I am so excited to get you on to This Week in Pharmacy. How are you doing, Bly? Good, good. Um, It's so awesome to be here and talk about all things remote care. I love it. Dr. Blystone. So, we were talking because I've known you for years. So Pierce to Dr. Blystone. So is that more of an Irish heritage name? The Blystone? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So we just got done celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Did your family do anything special in celebration of St. Patty's Day? Nothing special here. Um, we have um, all over, we're kind of spread all over. So there's not much room to kind of pull it together and get in there. Um, but we, we had a nice little dinner with family, but that's about it. Nothing, nothing big, no green beer, no, no, no fun parties or parades. So, so um, Thea, you live up in Meadville, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. This is on the, um, uh, the west side of Pennsylvania. You're the north uh, west side. I'm the south um, west side. And yeah. we basically have the same crappy weather, weather right now. It's always overcast and it's crappy and it's cold. And although we're going up, you know, it's getting closer to springtime. So it's changing, but it's gorgeous up there. You live up in a very rural area in comparison to like, Pitt, you know, Pittsburgh or, or, um, or, or Philly or something. And I, I know exactly where you are. I actually used to ride uh, four wheelers up in, you know, that area because of how uh, much country that, that, or, that there was. When I think of country and I think of servicing patients and I think of meeting patients where they are, some of those patients, a rising number of those patients in Crawford County, which is your county, um, are in need of more home care services. And they need their home, they need their clinical and their diagnostics and their testing they need everything brought to them in order to um, in order to serve them because some of them can't get out of their homes or they're bedridden or whatever's happening. Right. And that's kind of the extreme. But there are so many elements of servicing patients remotely anyway. So this subject today, remote patient monitoring and your leadership in that, this is exciting. So let's kick it off with just, um, I know who you are, but our listeners may not. And you know, the twerks audience may not. So uh, tell us about about you. So my name's Thea. I have been a pharmacist for about 18 years. Um, moving on to that 20 year mark. Ah. Um, but me. <laughs> but definitely found myself struggling to figure out what kind of pharmacy I like to do. I've done a lot of different kinds of pharmacy and um, I really didn't find my niche in any of them. Um, so that's when I went looking for more. And that's when I found the care management services that Medicare loves so much. And then I put my remote spin on them because I did remote MTMs for a long time back in 2008, 9, 10. And in that time frame, it was, you know, I love doing the remote work, but um, I needed to have engagement with the patients more like I would have in the retail pharmacy counters, you know, being able to talk to the patients and meet them where they are and not just one and done like an MTM really is. So that's really, I kind of married all my pharmacies, um, all my pharmacy experience all together. Together and um, kind of packaged it in a way that I can um, get them most reward for my own career. Um, that's really what I was looking for when I created TM Pharmacy Consulting and doing the work of remote patient care um, through services like chronic care management and the one we're talking about today, remote patient monitoring. So um, it's been a ride. I started my business just before COVID hit. Um, and so I got my business up in 2019, started seeing patients early February of 2020. And um, the the rest is history. It just keeps evolving and growing, and I couldn't be ex more excited about the future of pharmacy. Well, you are not on the wrong track because <laughs> I'll tell you what, Wall Street is starting to pay attention to remote patient monitoring. And one of those reasons is there's new data that shows that remote patient monitoring adoption spiked between 2019, duh, that was the <laughs> pandemic, yeah. and 2022 with high usage among internal medicine, cardiology, 
and family practice providers, aka pharmacists, for good mm-hmm. things. Because you're kicking off the, te- you're you're taking the, you're taking the therapy from the physician, the team, kicking it off, giving it to the medication managers, and now if we don't implement an element of monitoring in a remote fashion in order to continue to collect the data, in order to react to the data, in order to implement AI that reacts to the data by predictive modeling and saying, hey, based on the heart, I'm going to, I love being a pretend clinician because I say the funniest, I say stupid things. (laughs) Based on the heart's calculations and stress and blah, 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 and the, um, the chemicals that it's, that it's making because of its stress in the next nine days, there is a 32% chance that this patient may have a heart attack. So who could take action at that point in order to implement a supplement or nitric oxide or whatever it is that you would, you know, take action, probably feeding it back to the cardiologist and the physician team. But now the pharmacist is plugged in and ready to take reaction to that. That's the future of patient monitoring. But I want you to start backing up and, and telling our listeners actually where we are right now and why why is it going to skyrocket 1,300%? Yeah, and I think we've seen it skyrocket that much because of the pandemic. Um, you know, we couldn't get to see those patients, and so we utilized what we had right in front of us. And, you know, it's not a new program. 2014, it kind of come out. Medicare was kind of toying with the idea and what it looks like through, through up into 2019. So it really isn't um, a super new program. However, not a lot of people were using it. And that's why Medicare keeps throwing money at it because they know the value of what's happening here and, and how important it is to avoid utilization of our healthcare dollars. Um, whether it's, you know, ED utilization or those hospital readmissions. Um, in our area, there's not a lot of providers that can see you same day. So where do you go? You go to the ER. And so um, those, those things happen. And so in I like to use rural America because we are the extreme of, you know, we, we go, you know, 40 minutes to a, to a hospital. So, I mean, it's not um, easy for us to get care. And so when I started looking at what these programs could do, I really just showed like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I knew it was a while to get to the hospital, 20 to 40 minutes. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a lot of patients in that realm that need care. And the care isn't around even acute care. The care is around chronic conditions that are failing because the the medication regimen's not right. The, they're not taking the medications correctly. There's lack of education on how to take it. All of these factors were like right in front of us. And I don't care where you work in pharmacy. I bet today you can can find somebody that has the lack of education around their medications that is causing them issues. Um, It happened every day in retail pharmacy, working independent retail pharmacy for my career, you know, as a, you know, a fill-in pharmacist. There's no no time. And then you say, as a pharmacist, you say, Hey, would you like counseling or the technician? No, the technician or the cashier mistakes at the cashier. Would you like counseling for this? No, they want to get on with their day. They're out of there. So, the, the slowdown interaction that, hey, hey, you picked up a prescription 48 hours ago, two days ago, didn't really have a chance to sit down with you and tell you, you are on this XYZ medication, or I you know want to make sure you're not going to be eating grapefruit you know as we're taking this, or whatever it is. But I mean, that has to be done in a fashion that we have driven society based on the rise of the internet, uh, interwebs. I'm old enough to lie, goodness yeah. gracious. 
I am old enough to remember that a communications upgrade for me as a as a as a teenager in my home was an extended phone cord that would allow me to get out of the kitchen from my mother listening to all of my conversations and at least get to another and we went up we upgraded our communications technology two times we had a, a medium cord and then I actually saved money and I got a long ass even longer cord because it was the only phone in the house and it was a it was a rotary dial phone Yep, oh. I had one of those too, and a very long cord that was not curly anymore because I overstretched it and shut it behind the door. <laughs> yes, but that's where remote patient monitoring started with was literally the telephone because there were pharmacists who were in their communities that cared enough to follow up to say, hey, is little Timmy's fever broke yet? And now the, 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 the mother saying yes, Thank you so much for calling us, Rick, or whatever the pharmacist community, you know, Sheila, whatever your name was, your community pharmacist. That was that trust that they had in their pharmacist. So this is an evolution of keeping up with what pharmacists have literally always done. And now we're able to leverage technology to get us closer to where our patients are. Mobile phone usage, uh, interaction with tablets, um, anywhere there is an internet connection. So I live in Fayette County. We're ranked uh, the lowest county in the entire state. So congratulations to Fayette County. We're, we only have up to go. We only can go up, okay? <laughs> All right. So, but in the, in the sense of um, what rigorous uh, demographics and, and landscape that we, not demographics, landscape that we have, mountains, um, you know, huge riverways, um, you know, where, where the uh, Nemecolon is up in that, you know, gorgeous area, the mountains. So remote patient monitoring can only be as good as the internet. So talk to me about some of the struggles that you have in, in Crawford County, because I know you have remote areas mm -hmm. where internet is very hard to get to. So we, we know that remote patient monitoring is so necessary. Let's, let's back up for a moment and start talking about some of the challenges, which also start to talk about government subsidy and, and assuring that there is available technology because now we're talking about life-saving technology. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I think, you know, internet up here is much very similar to, to down there in Fayetteville, you know, or, or yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that there's a lot of opportunity to look at great products um, to overcome some of those barriers. And um, one of them for me with regards to remote patient monitoring specifically wasn't internet. It was viability to a cell phone tower. And I opted to pull away from the internet opportunities and push into CS SIM cards for like uh, cell phones. So as long as there's a cell phone tower, the devices work. And up here in the mountains, um, you know, we have Cook's Forest. I have people out in Cook's Forest. That is like, a, it's a national park, right? And it um, has mountains and trees and everything in its way. And I have people up there being able to use these SIM, SIM card devices um, and get those readings. So yes, it's a struggle, um, but selection of product. When I went looking for what I needed for these patients, I said, okay, 
I know that these patients are not going to love having to Bluetooth uh, something with their internet when they can't even change the batteries in the remote. So let's back it up to who we're talking about. Most of my demographic was over the age of 80, like 80 was the minimum age or the the average age of who I was dealing with. So I knew that that generation was not going to be able to do much with the technology piece. So I made it plug and play. I said, can you put batteries in your remote? They say, yes. I said, perfect. That's all you need to do. And that's these products. These products are set up that way. So I took the adversity of knowing my demographic as well as my geographic location and said, you know what, that's not going to work for me. Those Wi-Fi devices or internet delivered devices are just not going to work. So I opted to use technology and go the other way into the cell phone areas of those SIM cards. So that took the adversity and the challenge out for both me and the patient, right? The patient doesn't have to worry about Bluetooth in it to their hub or anything that way. And all into just press the button and go like, that's all I need from you. It's already hard enough for some people to remember to get their pressure or get their weight every day or check their blood sugar four times a day. And I wanted to make that as seamless as possible for them as well. So making sure you're picking the right device based on those um, limitations. But yes, you're correct. You know, when you look at what we need to do, um, there's a lot of people here. I live inside of Meadville City and there's a lot of people in the city that don't have internet. And that was really blew up in our face because the school's closed. And then everybody needed internet. And then the the internet was like not had, and it was so bad that the school was like paying for people to have internet. They were, you know, like there was opportunity and funding for that because they knew that our location here, they didn't have it. So even as much as the library has, um, you know, uh, jumpers for um, internet. You can go to the library and rent a internet pod and take it with you wherever you go, like kind of thing. And so um, I think there are definitely a lot of programs in a lot of areas around, you know, the the health departments and the state organizations that are really trying to pull up our level of um, access to the patients from an internet space, but also, you know, even from a telephone or a cell phone kind of thing. I've seen them send them those out as well. This is good to have a pharmacist who's in it, who you are not centered in, you know, in Manhattan where connectivity is abound. And it's not that sometimes, you know, there aren't problems, but from a statistical perspective, you're going to get 200 times, you know, more connectivity options in Manhattan than you are in Crawford County or Fayette County, Pennsylvania. So when we think of that, What you're doing, Thea, is you're creating a conceptual, ever-changing, being able to add to it playbook that you can then go to a pharmacist consultant or a practitioner, um, a a primary care organization that has an extension of pharmacists that they want to continue to work with to grow their practice together, which is a complete opportunity for for pharmacists to get involved. So when we're talking about playbooks, you know, it's not like we're just pulling this out of the air. The air, um, the AMA has a remote patient monitoring implementation playbook that they've invested in. Um, now, I like the fact that you're driving um, a playbook and a strategy from a pharmacist's and/or pharmacy's uh, perspective in order to extend their services and be able to follow up. So that. The element of pharmacy consulting, when we said this, when I entered the market, when I entered pharmacy in 2004, if you said pharmacist consultant, 
that 100% of the time meant institutional-based, long-term care, uh, long care senior-care consulting, right? Today, with the rise literally of TikTok and Instagram and, and you know Twitter and LinkedIn, pharmacist consultants are now literally fitness experts or, or I'm sorry, fitness coaches or fitness nutritionists and, or or genomic specialist or, you know, especially disease specialist where it's like, hey, if I have um, hyperlipidemia and I'm worried about, you know, taking the wrong medications or understanding how to transition, like I want a specialist. Like, so the, the rise of the consultant pharmacist is, is giving opportunities to, to pharmacists that are maybe in community chain pharmacy and they're getting burnt out and they're like, I want to do something else they can make this transition to becoming a consultant pharmacist. Remote patient monitoring is very much a part of that opportunity, number one. Number two, the same concept with the pharmacist that might be the pick within a community pharmacy or an independent community pharmacy, where they dedicate one specific pharmacist that becomes the remote patient monitoring expert on their team as a business development generator for additional services offered by those community pharmacies. So Thea, no matter what road you want to pick, let's pick, which one do you want to talk about first, the consultant pharmacist or the community pharmacy owner? Um, I don't know that it matters. I think there's, there's opportunity in both, right? Like, so let's go independent pharmacy owner. Um, independent pharmacy owner that has someone in their, um, someone in their pharmacy that is like, you know, forward thinking and wanting more. Um, I was that person. Like I was the staff pharmacist in an independent who wanted more. I wanted to do more. Um, you know, the burnout that in that retail box store is having, um, I built my business because I was burn out of doing things that didn't reward me. And so I picked up a passion project that was a side hustle at that point that turned into an entrepreneur life for me um, to be able to do this. So I think they intersect at passion projects and, you know, having an independent, we'll go back to the independent, independent pharmacy owners or, you know, staffers at those locations, there's plenty of information out there that would align very, very easily for these remote services to align with their medication sync program. Now I know independent pharmacy owners are out there doing, I have to do sync. It makes sure my inventory is clean. It makes my, you know, the workflow very easy and predictable when you can't predict a lot that is predictable, you know, and then you add on a service like remote patient monitoring to that. You're already calling the patient. Now we're going to get you paid. We're going to get you paid big time to be able to put a monitor in their home and be able to get them um, that added service time. And you're talking to the patient anyways. So why not get paid for that time? And it doesn't have to be a pharmacist. It can be a pharmacy technician until the there's an issue or there's a triage number that they didn't like. And then that gets triaged up to the pharmacist who then takes the clinical mind and, and evaluates what's going on with that patient. So that model is already, you're already doing half of the, the care management portion of remote patient monitoring because you're already talking to the patient every month. Yep. Every month you're calling them asking, hey, uh, Mrs. Smith, have you changed any of those medications this month? No, everything good. Yes, have no side effects, no issues. Okay, well, we'll get your meds sent out to you then. You That's go. care management. 
And that's coordination of care. And all of that is billable under remote patient monitoring, as well as chronic care management, which we haven't really talked much about, but it falls under care management as well without a device, basically. So um, I think there's a lot of opportunity for independent pharmacy owners to really look at what, or even staffers who want more in that location to be able to take a project like this. you know, I've done done this in independent um, physician offices. I'm doing it right now for a health system. I'm looking at doing it for in uh, long-term care homes to be able to do this for them and help augment the the, the staffing shortages that they continue to struggle with and and poor care, which would then drives the the boat of overutilization in the ER because long-term care is not care for the patient. So somebody's got to, and they're sending them to the ER for admissions and you know change of therapy because they're not getting enough care like there's so many opportunities out there with that when you look at the consultant side of things and say okay i'm a box store pharmacist and i want more what can i do Mm -hmm. well remote patient monitoring or any care management services you can set up a business and go to the physicians that are in your area that you know like and trust like i knew a handful of doctors in my small community and every one of them was like this is a great idea Now's not the time for me, but this is the great idea. And you circle back and you go back to them and you offer these to their patients without having to dispense anything, without going against the contract that you signed for that big box store to say, I'm not going to compete against you because at this point I'm not dispensing anything. So how's the competition? Yes. Yes. So it really can be built. I see the follow through. I see the connection. Um, I see the expansion of cash-based services to get away from the PBMs, constricting the community pharmacy from um, you know, being able to make enough money to even stay in business, being able to supplement services that show value to the community. Um, I wanted to ask you about getting paid. So I think of CPT codes. I think of the codes um, that are identifying remote patient monitoring services. How many classifications of that And then, you know, um, have you seen an expansion of code definition in order to really drill down into the specific remote patient monitoring services that they're doing? Because if you're doing a a remote patient monitoring lung disease and you have um, uh, renal specificities of the dosing of the inhaler and maybe you're counseling them through with a video connection to see if they're doing it correctly because the monitor... Um, you know, the monitoring data is coming back like doesn't make sense. And you now you notice that they're not even using the inhaler correctly. That is an opportunity to drill down into a specific condition that has more care management requirement in it than just your example, which was kind of a checkup on on a 90 day rotation of meds. So kind of talk about the CPT world. Yeah, sure. I, I think um, it's a very uh, unique situation where I find myself in being able to offer those CPT codes back to the providers and get paid. Um, so it is worth with a collaboration if you want to get paid based on insurance levels. You could offer it as a cash service, though, like a lot of wellness right now um, are around diabetes and the, the long acting injections and, you know, the different things for weight loss. Um, this is a great supplement to a weight loss program when you're using a GLP-1 inhibitor to to 
you know, facilitate some weight loss, um, it can be added as a cash model in a wellness program on that side. So cash is king, right? You can always go cash as long as your um, community will support it. And I've not had trouble with um, showing the value to my community. Um, that has been an easy sell because people just want to be heard today um, and they need the education. Health literacy in cross country is like 12%. Like we need yep. to get out there and help our community because they don't know what the heck is going on with their healthcare. Uh, right. That's 12 people out of 100 know what they're doing from a healthcare standpoint. That's scary. It is. And we're not a third world country. Like, how is that possible? Exactly. It's so. It's- so this is the AAMC regulatory resource, and mm-hmm. it lists um, one, two, three, four, uh, four different, five different uh, CPT codes. Yep, exactly. So it's ready to go, and I see an expansion of this. Yeah, and the CPT codes, um, the one is the 99453, that's on enrollment. So that's a one-time only um, to get the patient set up. It takes a little time, um, signing consent forms, getting the device headed out to them, that kind of stuff. 99454 is the patient doing the homework of getting the readings in every month. So um, it's also been keyed word of the device um, budget um, that helps pay for your device. However, you, whether you lease the device, buy the device, however that works, plus the, the fees to kind of keep it on a platform somewhere, that kind of thing. So that is a monthly um, every month, as long as the patient does what is required from Medicare right now is 16 data days per month. So 16 days out of the month, we get a reading um, and they're automatic. They can't be like hand delivered back into the platform, that kind of thing. The other, the next two, 99457 and 99458, those are based on time spent with the patient of clinical management, right? So um, the first one, 99457 is the first 20 minutes. Um, that is just clinical care with the patient, communication with the patient, education, um, checking in, making sure everything is good um, with the device. And this can be around different disease states, right, Kevin or Todd, you were talking about um, the different um, disease states of like, well, is it COPD? Is it diabetes? Is it, you know, what is it that we're managing? Hypertension, CHF, you know, a scale, you know, different things. Um, And this is where the time management comes in because I may need to talk to that patient for up to an hour each month. And that's what the 99458 code allows you to do. It allows you to get additional 20 minutes with the patient um, times two or up to three times for the 99458 to be up to 90 minutes of time to get paid for from a, from a you know, provider, clinical provider to that patient. So, so I want to I give a shout out to everyone listening that is interested in remote patient monitoring services to reach out to Thea. Um, we're going to try to get some kind of connection between us, Thea, because I, you're going to be my now, you know, go-to lover to get to get answers, uh, as well as the consultation that you deliver to organizations and consultants and to community pharmacies and to the long-term care pharmacies. So we'll, I'd like you to come back and we'll, we'll talk about that. But before you go, I want to say this. If we exercise remote patient monitoring success, especially if it can be drilled down into how much it costs and what cost savings are being kicked out based based on better monitoring, which also leads to better adherence, which leads to better safety, which leads to less operate, you know, going into the uh, emergency room and follow up. Quality metrics and healthcare costs. Just going and we start reporting, reporting, reporting. 
then Medicare, Medicaid, uh, private insurances are going to say, as soon as this drug goes out, we must have this plan attached to it that assigns a pharmacist that has to be remote patient monitoring certified or whatever it is. So this to me is a is literally like, and I, I've been calling this stage of pharmacy because everything goes through hills and valleys and ups and downs. Stages, yeah. In the industry and the profession of pharmacy, we are in now a golden age reinvention of our profession. We're in the reinvention stage of what pharmacist roles are. And I know that we get bogged down in being burnt out and we're down in the trenches and we're working every day and we don't, but I want every pharmacist that's listening to this and every technician that's listening to this episode right now to understand we are in a golden rebuilding stage of our profession. And if you take the opportunity to start embracing strategies, technologies, partnering with people like Thea, um, you know, understanding, uh, you know, pharmacogenomic insights and, and nutritional things. And like you could build yourself a profitable business as one of the first. You remember that that uh, movie with Tom Cruise and uh, Nicole Kidman um, with, where they went out to the West and they had flags. And if they put the flag down or they pulled a flag out that was like assessed with a land grab. Yeah. That was your land like that. Yeah. The government gave you land. Yeah. This is a land grab opportunity for pharmacists that want to build their own practices. And it can be built through a combination of in-person consultation and meeting the patient up. And I think that's a good idea anyway, because when you remote patient monitor them, now they recognize your face, your voice, your personality, the trust, the relationship that you're building and then extending it from in-person kickoff of the relationship to now becoming a remote patient monitoring consultant pharmacist. There's opportunities in long-term care, community, consultancy, and specialty medications in rare disease states. Absolutely. Yeah, lots of opportunities there. And, you know, I, I get a lot of questions around, is it profitable? And I would say, hands down, yes. If you get a patient, um, you know, upwards of that 20-minute mark um, for remote patient monitoring, it's about $130 on average, upwards to uh, more time spent, obviously, up to that 210 mark. So, I mean, I feel like it is a it is very, very, the return on investment is very worth it um, to, to look into it as an added service line that's not going to be around a PBM and a dispensing model. So it's a, it's a great opportunity. All right. So this is the kickoff. I'd like to have you back so that we okay. can start um, splitting hairs. I'd like to dig down into uh, senior care, remote patient monitoring, um, special needs, remote patient monitoring, um, maternity care, remote patient monitoring. There are so many opportunities to put this tech and this theory and this process into care where people are in desperate need. I think of maternity for a second. We're going to dig into this with future episodes, but there are so many um, women that go into depression. They go into um, not knowing how to care for their infant that is an opportunity for pharmacists to get involved in the possible psychotropics of that situation if they're using that um, nutrition, vitamin Bs and twos and Ts and 
12. And not to mention if they become high risk for high blood pressure or diabetes, gestational diabetes and and hypertension are huge in that population that need that extra. And it's actually funny that you started there because the, the hospital system, the health system is actually just brought on four maternity docs and they want this in their offices. And so I'm exploring and generating that um, pilot out to them right now. So it's a great opportunity. I mean, if you can think where a patient is, they need this. Like it's just, it's easy. It's an easy sell to providers. It's an easy sell to healthcare administrators. I'm looking to see how easy it is going to be for long-term care right now. So we'll see how it goes, but I would love to come back and talk about all the different ways that this has impacted the community around me for sure. Awesome. I really appreciate you. Wanted to get you on the show. Want to work with you. Um, I think we should have a meeting together where we can pull some um, community pharmacists, consultant pharmacists, health system administrators, um, even physicians. Let's try to find a point of where we could put uh, even the gathering. Um, you know, brought to you by um, by Dr. Thea Blystone, and and then bring in some community pharmacy owners that might be doing this already so they can kind of drive some testimony. But I think there's no longer, this is not a time to say, I'm going to think about this. I think it's time to say, when am I going to implement this as an extension of pharmacy care? Right. Yeah. Now is time. Now is the time. Pharmacy is past dispensing only models. It is time to move past that. And our country needs us to show up and care for them because they are being neglected in my world, in my humble opinion. It has been humble and you're, you're a humble person. And I, I just like your whole vibe too, because you're, you're always very positive about this. It's not, we're not saying this is easy because it won't be easy. You're going to hit roadblocks. You're going to hit people that are jealous of you. You're going to hit, um, you know, issues with connectivity or internet. Yeah. But regardless, I think it's a starting point to let our community pharmacies or consultant pharmacists, all of our pharmacy to know that this is here and it should be part of your plan as a pharmacist to extend this into your community. So thank you, Thea. Um, this has been amazing. So thank absolutely. You. All right. What's up next, Brady? Here's a message from today's episode sponsor. Long-term care pharmacies are always on the hunt for ways to scale their business and ensure they're a solutions partner for their nursing home and skilled facility customers. Now, with the aging baby boomer generation projected to increase the number of Americans ages 65 and older from 46 million to more than 95 million by 2060, the demand for long-term care has never been greater, and neither have the growth opportunities for LTC pharmacies. Framework LTC is a long-term care pharmacy software designed to improve scale This platform is incredibly effective for scaling your LTC pharmacy business. It starts with your workflow management designed around your operations. Framework LTC was designed with long-term care intricacies in mind, which provide a number of different features unavailable with a retail pharmacy software. Framework LTC helps to accomplish these seven critical categories, streamlined workflows, automated manual tasks, custom services to meet unique needs of different facilities, gain better visibility into your operations, make data-driven decisions, curb your billing complexities, and manage new services. Learn more at frameworkltc.com. That's frameworkltc.com.